Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Today is Ellen Besso, and our topic is helping others after loss. Ellen is a life coach, clinical counselor, and writer whose work embodies her core belief in spirituality as part of everyday life. Ellen is the caregiver for her mother who has Alzheimer's. Ellen is the author of Surviving Elder Care, Where Their Needs End and Yours Begin. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Hi, Ellen. Great to have you on. Now, Ellen, tell us where you are. I'm in San Francisco. Heidi's in New York, and you are? So I'm also on the West Coast. I'm on the Sunshine Coast of British Columbia, a 40-minute ferry ride from West Vancouver. Wow. Wow. Gorgeous. It's beautiful here. Yeah. Internet's amazing. Well, yeah. let's talk a little bit about your journey and, and what you're doing now. You've been taking care of your mom who has Alzheimer's, right? Yes, that's right. We've known that she's had it for at least 13 years, and she moved over to our neck of the woods 11 years ago, and first my brother was the main case manager, and then I became that. So it's been a long road, and my mom's still with us, and she's in care uh, in about half an hour away from me. Yeah, how is she doing with, as far as recognition and that kind of thing go? I, I know that's so hard for caregivers. Well, she's starting to not know exactly who we are, but she knows mm-hmm. us. She's enjoying her life. It takes her a bit longer to tune in to me now when I go to visit her and take her out. Mm-hmm. So that's hard. It's yet another letting go. It's another stage. You know, I think it's so fascinating uh, that you say she's enjoying her life because um, I say that to people. You know, it, it is. Uh, I think it's just hard for the families, for the person who has Alzheimer's, once they have coped with it. I know the early Alzheimer's is frightening. Mm-hmm. No, that's very true because once they come to terms and stop fighting, in her case it was fighting and uh, argument, you know, hard to get along with as far as helping her get dressed and taking her out. But once she stopped fighting, she lost her anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. But for us, yeah, it's been an ongoing uh, process. Yeah, yeah, and Ellen, I can can very much relate. And you wrote, um, I think you said somewhere about the fact that, I know where it was, you wrote an article for Open to Hope. And in it, you said something about the idea of feeling abandoned on a certain level. That's right. And yeah. Um, yeah. I can certainly understand that because my mother-in-law also has Alzheimer's, and she's in a, in a very late stage, and um, she doesn't recognize us anymore. And it was really interesting grieving the loss of her when she was still here on the earth, and she is still here on the earth, but that we were grieving the loss of the woman we once knew. And now she's in a stage where she has no recognition of us, and so it's kind of another loss for us as well. It is completely, and uh, my mom isn't there yet, but she likely will be. And when I say Mm -hmm. she's happy, she's peaceful, she has her sense of humor still, and she engages non-verbally at a very high level with the staff Mm -hmm. and with us, but verbally very, very little. Well, Alan, when we come back from break, I want to talk a little bit about what about us, what about you, what about the person who suffered the loss, what about our audience out there who's had the loss. I know you have a wonderful coaching program, and you've got some wonderful tips and ideas for folks out there who've had these kind of losses in your life. So, well, Alan, before we get started uh, on helping people, and I wanted to uh, tell people how they can get your book. You, It's online right now. Um, you can get it through... The Internet, 
that w- right? W- and, and now w- you're just publishing it. Yes, that's right. My website. Okay, give them your website. Okay, www.ellenbesso.com, and that's E-L-L-E-N-B-E-S-S-O. And Ellen's got a wonderful site, and she's got a great coaching business, and uh, you'd be able to go on there. And I think you do telephone uh, coaching, too. Yes, I do, mm-hmm. yeah. That's great. So, and we're going to talk about some of her coaching tips. But before we get to that, uh, during break, Ellen was uh, saying that she actually has lost a baby too in 1970, right? Um, it was 78. Uh huh. Yes, during the 70s, we lost a number of family members. The last one was our baby, two days old. Wow. wow. What, what was your baby's name? Her name was Sarah. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And of course, or unsurprisingly, it's the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my right. life. Absolutely. Incredible. Well, with this all, let's talk a little bit about your, um, the ideas you have. And one of the things you, you talk about in your coaching business when you work with people is you talk about their dreams and finding your inner voice. And my question to you is, here I am, I've just lost a child or I've just lost a um, parent or I've just lost a spouse, and I don't know who I am anymore. How do I how do I find my inner voice? How do I find who I am? What would a step be? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense that we don't know who we are. To find our inner voice anytime, we need to slow down and we need to listen. And it's even more important now because we're it, we've sustained such a loss and it's hit us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So just going to the small things that feed us, that's the way I like to put it, I take a very body, mind, spirit approach to grieving and to life. So doing whatever feeds you spiritually, that could be going to church, synagogue, mosque. And, and or, I think sometimes finding the your religion of your childhood, if you haven't been in it, yes. uh, can sometimes be helpful to go back. That could be very helpful, but often it's walking in the woods. Not everyone wants to do the formal services. Walking in the woods, playing with young children. Anything positive that takes you away from yourself will feed you spiritually. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about um, rejuvenating your body and mind. I, I think rejuvenating your body, you are so beat up. Don't you think, Heidi, after a loss? Mm. Absolutely. It really takes a, it's, it's a physical experience. It takes a physical toll on your body. I totally agree with you, Mom. It's a shock. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the, the practical, like I, I was writing to you to whatever a person's self-care is, quadruple it and the practical aspects of the self-care are maybe the most important they're probably the most important of all to sleep to eat to get water very gentle exercise fresh air mm-hmm. i love the water i mean people have got to think about drinking water you know well, we forget. well and if you're crying a lot you're you know you're losing water mm-hmm. so right. to keep hydrated is important yeah so those are the very basics that will put that body back together again Mm-hmm. And and I I kind of kid around. I'm a yoga. I do some yoga, and and the first you know one of the poses is the uh, corpse pose is what it's called. But the the last pose is just laying on the floor. So I always say to people, hey, you can do a yoga pose. Just lay on the floor. It's true. Well, and restorative yoga is very gentle. You don't have to be a yogi to do it because I'm not. And it does give you energy and and help you to heal. I think. Yeah, one of the things you can do is just put your feet up on the wall or up on a uh, lay on the floor and put your feet up on a stool or something, uh, and that's a pose, a restorative pose. Right. We were taught in our meditation training, which was yoga, Kriya Yoga, to lay on the floor with our arms at our sides, no pillow if we could tolerate it, 
and mm-hmm. the energy recycles itself in mm-hmm. I think ten minutes. Yes, ten minutes. Wow, so how, how long do you do this? How long do you lay on the floor? Ten, ten minutes. For ten minutes? Yeah, but you can stay longer, of course. Fabulous. But no pillow or anything if your body can tolerate it. Arms okay. up the side. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it when it gets close to ten minutes. You can feel the shift. Wow. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's it, wonderful. I mean, you can do it. You can do it. You can start with just that. That's right. Don't you think when you start with one small thing, it kind of... You don't even have to worry about it. Well, we call it turtle steps, actually, in our coaching. Mm-hmm. And it could be put on your clothes and mm-hmm. go downstairs, go up and down the stairs. It could be walk down one block and come back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people feel so numb, they might not be doing those types of things. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember for months and months after my brother died, I loved to wear jewelry. And for months and months, it felt like an effort to put jewelry on. I mean, that sounds like such a small thing to do, and it, it was too much energy for me to wear it. So I didn't. Wow. And like you said, one thing, just putting on one ring at a time, I mean, eventually I did. But mm-hmm. it's amazing how those little steps are difficult initially. I, get, I think it's because of the overwhelm. And so when we put everything together in one basket, I have to dress, I, I have to shower and dress, put the, the jewelry on, get out the door. It feels like too much if I just shower and then just put the one ring on. Mm-hmm. Some simple clothes, one at a time, turtle steps. It's possible. I like that. Turtle steps, people. That's Martha Beck's, one of Martha Beck's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, what about creating a life plan that centers your body, mind, and spirit? I mean, is there some way they can start with a small life plan or, you know, life plan sounds really big. A minute plan or day plan? Oh, yeah. (laughs) A minute plan or hour plan. Yeah, well, I look, like you said, to the body, mind, and spirit. So, what a person can check in as often as five minutes. That's not too often right now when they're bereaved. What does my, what do I need? Okay, what, simple question. What does my body need? Does it need water? Does it need to move just a little bit? Does it need food? What does my mind need? Am I think, overthinking? So do I need, are the thoughts racing? So do I need to go out in the garden? What does my spirit need that overlaps? Maybe it needs some trees around me or to look at a flower. Mm-hmm. Even if you can't make it to the garden, to look at the flower that someone may have sent you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And, oh, and breathe. Oh, you know, we mustn't forget the breathing. That's like the key part to it all. Mm-hmm. And I say uh, just stand up and uh, put your arms out. Take them up with your palms touching and come down. Do that five times and taking a breath as you do it. Mm-hmm. Bending down, yeah. 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 It can be amazing. Any any way yeah. that you... Oh, and Heidi, we got a good tip on blowing bubbles, didn't we? Oh, nice. Yes, just that if you, if you have a hard time meditating and you can't focus, buy bubbles and blow them and you will be focusing on the bubble and it is a form of meditation oh, and it does fabulous. shift your energy. Yeah, and it causes you to have to breathe and do everything. Mm-hmm. I love it, bubbles. Yes, it's fun. Yeah. And if I could just go back to the breathing for just very briefly. Sure. One deep breath in through your nose. Hold it as long as it's comfortable. Push as much air out through your mouth if you can. Even one of those makes an enormous difference. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how much the very small things make a difference. What about, though, one of the problems, I think, is giving yourself permission to be well after you've had a loss. Yes, because for one thing, we're alive and they're not. Mm-hmm. And for another thing, we're run down. And like Heidi was just saying, you know, we're wrecked physically. 
So giver, that's so important no matter what anyone else says or thinks. And in our society often, I'm sure you've dealt with this a lot, but often we're supposed to get on with it. We've got X number of weeks or months to grieve and then back to normal, business as usual. But that's not the way it works. There is no timetable. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of your time too, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you have to make a decision. You know, it was the life before and it's the life now and it's your time. That's right. It's, it's our time. We have to go at our own pace. I want to do a quick email before we end the show because I think it's an important one. It's from Mary. And Mary says, I am a nurse. And one of the things that I've found is that I'm so used to taking care of everybody. How do I let people take care of me? Oh, that's a great one. So you'd like me to address yeah, that? I'd love you to. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> speaks to boundaries. speaks to being a woman. Women need boundaries because women often were brought up to look after others, and our hormones, our biology makes us want to look after others. So, And that's a good point. There's a lot of physical stuff running here, isn't there? I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of uh, chemical, a lot of physical mm-hmm. chemical stuff. Not everything is just thinking. Yes, yeah, so I think we almost would have to put a sign up wherever we are and all the places we go to, almost something as selfish as me first. Mm, I like that. that. Somebody said, take your lipstick and write it on your mirror. Yeah, well, I don't even say that normally, but in this case, and that doesn't mean you will always choose to put yourself first 24-7, but it means that right now it's appropriate to put yourself first as often as possible and to say no, 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 I can't, or maybe later I'll get back to you Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we don't have to give the answer right away. But it's vital because we need to, we, we won't bounce back, especially if we've been caregiving for years. If we're burnt out, it's very hard to bounce back. So we have to really look after ourselves and put ourselves first. Absolutely. Well, in fact, in fact, we had somebody on the show that was a brief sibling. It was Beverly's daughter mom. And she carried a business card. Um, she, know, her, her father had died. That was it. And she carried a business card that said something like, I'm grieving right now, and I can't t- be there. I can't be there in the way I used to be for you. Check back with me later. It was something kind of funny. Yeah, and would hand this to people when she felt like they were asking what, for like, her to do something that she couldn't do. She was like 17 or 18, and yes. her card made up. It was great. Was well, you know, we're going to have to close the show now. I can't believe it. And Ellen, uh, give us uh, your website again for people. And Ellen does a great coaching job. You can see she's a great spirit, and I know she'd be a lot of help to you if you uh, need help out there. So tell people how to get in touch with you. Okay, through my website, www.ellenbesso.com. And it's E-L-L-E-N-B-E-S-S, as in Sam, O. And the book is available as an e ver- in an e-version right now, and the print version is coming out in about two weeks of Surviving Elder Care, Where Their Needs End and Yours Begin. Thank you so much, Ellen Bessel, for being on the show. We really very appreciate good. it. Well, thank you very much, Gloria and Heidi. I really thank you, Ellen. It. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.